Drop in, gear up, and compete for glory in PUBG Mobile. Fight in explosive 100-man battles to be the last player standing. Experience incredible realistic graphics and a variety of play modes. Download the official mobile version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for free. Go to your Android or iOS app store and type PUPG Mobile. Collect a special reward using the link and promo code provided in the episode description. Play now. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. What's up? Good morning. Friday. Fry yay is what they call it. The kids call it. What kids Fry-yay. call it? Cool kids. The cool <laughs> they do. Kids. Apparently, they that's call what they're calling it. Do they? Hey, Are you sure? It does kind of put you in a good Fry-yay. mood. It's one of the Instagram <laughs> options that you can post on there, so it's got to be cool. So I'm <laughs> rolling with confirmation it. Confirmation. Yeah, so, is that verified? Yeah, that's for verified. sure. Yeah, it does have the blue check mark on that one, too. Uh, we have to get to college football. We're going to get to that. So we got a ton of stuff to get to, but we got to start with the Houston Texans. Five-game win streak, second best in the league behind the Rams, who everybody has as the mm-hmm. odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. They've been getting right after the 0-3 start, and it wasn't that long ago where on this podcast we discussed the odds of the coaches that were going to be fired first. Yeah. You remember who was the favorite in the clubhouse? Billy O. <laughs> Bill O'Brien was ahead of Hugh Jackson, who had one win in his last two seasons. <laughs> right. It was kind of a mess early on the season. I think you could put a lot of that talk to bed. Yeah, they look they look pretty good last night. Are you ready to put them like in your in your top ten, or so, do you think some of this? Oh, in the, top, in, in the in the ter- in the terrible in the terrible ten or whatever we called it before yeah. we started yeah. in my top ten, they'll be close because at some point you have to look at the record. Even though the, you know the Dolphins are obviously not world beaters, right. they're getting exposed as kind of being a complete fraud after starting the season three and zero. But at some some point you have to recognize teams for getting out there and getting it done. And it's not like they've been through a gauntlet of tough teams, but they're winning them. And last night was another example. The game was fun. Like the score, the final score, 42-28, I yeah. thought it was a little bit misleading because they scored a couple touchdowns late in the fourth quarter. But the game up till the it was entertaining. was fun. Yeah, it was entertaining. Fun game. But I think you see what excites people about this team. It's got some pretty talented players on defense. J.J. Watt leading the way. Yep. Davion Clowney's filthy. Sure. You got Sean Watson, who can be a stud superstar, like you saw him last night with the five touchdown performance. I'm a little bit concerned just if they're because their their division is awful. Like if the NFC South is the best division, AFC's got a bunch of trash in it. So the AFC East is pretty bad, and the AFC South has been a complete mess as well. Yep. And so I, I think, yeah, I think they'll get to the playoffs because I think they'll win their division because their division isn't very good, which isn't that much different than in years past when the Texans have found a way to get the playoffs and then it's like, thanks for coming, go home. And I don't know if I feel much differently about them than, than any other year if you're talking about that regard. Um, I, look, I, so what I took away from that game last night was Deshaun Watson's a health, a health, he's healthy, right? Like, obviously well, he's back. No, but I mean, this lung thing was really weird, and it was crazy that it, he had to take a bus to the dude. Game. He was running all over the place. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, if he's got a bruised lung, give me one. You know what I mean? Like, he right. was everywhere. He was, you know, he was just staying alive in plays, and and um, you know, I didn't, I don't get to watch DeAndre Hopkins a lot, I guess, but he he's special. I think See, he's the, the most underrated, underappreciated, underappreciated receiver in the NFL. He had a catch where he went up and got it one hand, and he pinned it to like the back of his leg. They wound up calling offensive pass interference, which was BS. But anyway, he's pretty fun to watch. Lamar Miller, I'm always pulling for because he's a Miami kid. And then 
What's really going to hurt them, I think, is that they might lose Will Fuller. No, now. I think that he's out. Like yeah, they had the, ACL. They, this morning, they found out he's done for the year. He's got an MRI today. Injury. And anytime you're talking about depth, now it's going to allow teams to kind of shade and help yep. DeAndre, you know, give help to their safeties and corners that are yeah. covering DeAndre Hopkins. So it's going to be uh, a much tougher task for them to do that. But what I took away from the game, I can't help it because we're in the market, right? It's it's about it's the Dolphins, right? Yep. And you know, I know they're young on defense. I think like thirteen of their like like the guys that they play are really young players on defense. But but um, Adam Gase and and I know everyone has their opinion on Adam Gase, but I've been watching him kind of clean house with guys who he doesn't like. He calls them not like culture guys or whatever the terminology he uses for him. But there's a lot of talent, and the reason I say that is because last night you have Devonte Parker go out there who's been like listed as hurt, his agent comes out and says he's not hurt and he should be playing. And it's clear that there's there's something going on with management there. And he goes out and he's got over a hundred yards and he just looked like he could be a or could have been all along when healthy, a difference maker for the Dolphins. So it it begs the question from my from my seat, like, what's going on there? Like if it's Adam Gay's cleaning house with one, Jay Ajayi. Right. Not your guy. Okay. Last year, like, Sue. Letting fine. Sue but now we got Sue, right? And then now we can't get Jarvis Landry for one reason or another. And then, like, I start to wonder if it's not just the guys, but it's got oh, something it's to coach. do with Adam Gase. And you know, at some point, you got to let talent be talent. And you right. have to figure out a way to make that talent fit into what you want to do, right? You can't yeah. just keep getting rid of talent because you don't love their attitude. I I think a lot of the issue is Adam Gase. When you look at what's going on with the clearing house, the way he talked about Ryan Tannehill last week when he was talking about his shoulder injury, yeah. and he's like, I don't want to talk about that guy anymore. Like, wouldn't reference him by name was really – like, it sounded like he was questioning Ryan Tannehill's toughness. Right. Like, it's what it sounded like to me. And it's just been a complete disaster. So, I, you know, being in this business, you have a lot of friends throughout that do other work. And I've talked to other broadcasters who have covered the Dolphins and been behind the scenes and been yeah. out to practice – and one specifically told me it was the worst practice he'd ever seen when he went and watched practice. Really? And it was like, he said it was completely a mess. Guys were goofing around. They weren't really paying attention. There wasn't a lot of respect for Adam yep. Gase. I think he struggles with that. And the, and you can see him struggling with that because he's trying to send a message like, I'm going to cut guys. Right. And that just You're overcompensating there. vibe well in a locker room. Like it, you used to be like when Jimmy Johnson was head coach of the Dolphins, you could rule by fear. Like if, if you don't produce, I'm going to cut you. Nowadays, it just doesn't work. It's not the best motivational tactic for teams to go with. Uh, Brock Osweiler, though, was pretty strong. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was, no, he looked he was all right. He like, looked all right. He didn't cost him the game. No, he had his moments, like which is kind of what he's done throughout his career. The over/under on his total yards for the game, some of us might have taken that was two twenty-eight. He had two forty-one, so he got that. So I was all good with him. Uh, but they they do have to get Ryan Tannehill back. Like that's the question. Yeah, you talking. question. I question a lot about Ryan Tannehill's toughness. Wouldn't be one of the things I necessarily question. Right, because his uh, first three years in the league, he played every. Yes, season. not in the league, but with the Dolphins, played every started every game. Then he's. He's had injuries. Yes. He's been banged up, especially playing behind these bad offensive lines. Texans offensive line playing a little bit better. Deshaun Watson still gets still runs somewhat, for his life, but he can, but correct helps him extend plays. Um, so it'll be, I think the Texans are a team that can be, I think they'll win their division. Well, and well, I think that speaks to the division you talk, kind of talked well, about, it, but they're hot. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and, and that ball, like that, that is something I know analytics driven people say, Oh, it's not a thing. It is a very real thing. Once you start winning in the NFL, it gives you a confidence. It gives you an energy when you sure. come to work every day. Guys don't mind coming in early. Hey, we got the streak going. Let's keep it rolling. I think they'll win their division in large part because the team that was picked to win the division by most, including myself, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they are a complete and utter disaster this season. I mean, it looks like a dysfunctional um, team right now, whether it's 
you know, Jalen Ramsey talking all the smack and then not standing up to it and answering questions when they come out. Whether it's Blake Bortles giving an extension where, yeah, he's going to be our franchise quarterback, then he gets bent this and past week. Throws, Cody Kessler. He throws balls off his guard's head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the Jacksonville team of two years ago as opposed to the team of this year. I think they're, so they're playing the Eagles in London, which I think is a really interesting matchup. Um, because the Eagles are themselves dealing with the Super Bowl hangover. They've got problems. People are starting to criticize them a little bit more. Um, I think the Jaguars can get back on track in this game. Do you really? I do. I, I, so they signed Carlos, they traded for Carlos Hyde, right. Cleveland Browns, which I think they need a run game to help Blake Bortles. And Blake Bortles came out yesterday and was kind of, Went on the offensive, on um, the attack a little bit. Don't because, do that, Blake. Yeah, well, he said, you know, everybody, I get it. Nothing doesn't bother, the criticism doesn't bother me. I'm the most criticized quarterback in the league. When I play well, it's never me. It's the receivers. It's the running back. But when I play, you know, I have a bad game. It's all on me. Look, bro, your, your stats are what they are. And they kind of Don't tell the complete story because he is up and down. He is horribly inconsistent, which is why your coach is benching you. What, like, what are you going to say about your coach? Correct. One making these moves and pulling you in and out of these games. You know, look, as a, as a player, you can never start whining about, like, unfair treatment to you. Like, it's never a good look. It no, really isn't. There's no, respond to that. no, there's no way you can ever win that. And, and a lot of guys feel like that. But you gotta have a little bit of, like, you, you gotta have a little bit of sense when it comes to the media. You're not, you're not gonna win that. Here, the Eagles are interested. I'll grant the Eagles a Super Bowl hangover because they were Super Bowl champions. Yep. But I almost feel like Jacksonville has a Super Bowl hangover and they <laughs> didn't win the Super Bowl, right? Like right. they were just happy to be a really, really good team last year. And I felt like they started reading their own press clippings. I had no problem with Jalen Ramsey out, you know, doing what he does before, and stuff like that before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I loved his comments. Like I thought it was great and refreshing to see him rip. And, it, and it's a position. It's a position that traditionally, like those guys in receivers, that's what they do, right? They run their mouths. You got to go out and back that up. But I just feel like the 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 hunger, if you will, like is not there anymore. They felt like they've already accomplished. They had already arrived as a team, and I think that speaks to where they are right now. Like they they don't have the same edge that they were playing with last year. Our boy Debo, Captain Eagle. Yeah. Let us know some stats here. Carson Wentz ranks third in the NFL in interception percentage, trailing only Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, good for and you. And touchdowns people. to one interception. That doesn't really help when you blow a 17 nothing lead against the Panthers, though, does it? That True. interception percentage and when he falls apart in the fourth quarter. Uh-oh. But we'll have to see what happens this week against Uh-oh. the Jaguars. I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just looking at, we have to have a fair and balanced show here when we discuss some right. of these. We can have Philly ex- Central back except there. Except when it comes to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to get to him in a little bit because I think there were some offensive questions being asked about him but let's keep it going in the nfc yeah. packers on the road at the rams you talk about being disrespected aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the game is a nine and a half point dog on the road in la here's what i wanted to ask you yeah what is a big number because i don't nine bet and a so, half? No, but, but where does it become big what's the benchmark well, for big in the nfl probably a touchdown like touchdown. it's always lower like right. it, typically it's three or four because there's so much parity around the league right it's just what you see so three to five so when you see nine and a half that's to your yes, point that's utter a, disrespect that's an eye-opening line that's, like, how, that's a whoa that's what yeah and granted you've seen more lately uh because of the high-flying offenses that are going around and the rams are really good and watch we're talking about how bad the line is and vegas is good at this they'll probably peg the number and the rams will win by 10 or something like that or they'll blow it out and they'll win by 21 everybody will be like oh they didn't set the line high enough i just feel like you can't ever count out aaron Rodgers, and i know his roster's not that great i know this packers team isn't the best we've seen 
But I feel like Aaron Rodgers has shown the ability to put teams on his back. My thing is, what I think this does tell you some more is that his knee is still bothering him. And he doesn't have that same ability to put the team on his back and go out there and carry him the way he has in the past. That's why I think that 9.5, although it's a big line apparently, I, I think it could be pretty accurate because they're going to get after him, right? Like yes. that defensive line is going to get after Aaron. And if he can't move to the degree that he's used to, and usually that's a plus. Like when he gets flushed sometimes, it actually works out in Green Bay's favor when he's healthy because that's when he's kind of at his best, right? When he's Absolutely. improvising and stuff. But if you can't move – uh, to get to the spots where you want to make the play, then that's a problem. And so that's, I think that's going to factor into this game because the Rams are definitely going to. The Rams play. are so balanced. That's the thing that makes them so tough. This is the biggest underdog spread of Aaron Rodgers' career. Do you think he pays any attention to that? Uh, no. I don't think so. None whatsoever, right? I don't think he knows the Did number. you ever know a spread? Not really. Did you? No, never. No, I, I don't think, I, now I knew no. we were a heavy underdog. Right. Or like nobody's giving you a chance. Like that's the kind of terminology coaches will use. Yeah. But I never in a million years would have known, oh, it was nine and a half. Right. You right, know, right, right. like, like I just, it's just never came across that way. I never, never dawned on you. Um, so speaking of our boy Kirk Cousins, the Saints on the road in Minneapolis. Yeah. The first question, and this bothers me because this is presented by Debo. He typed up this question. And I know he did it to troll me in the spot. <laughs> Do you trust Kirk Cousins in big games like this? Which I think is offensive. That's not a fair He's question. proven that he can go toe-to-toe with the best in the business in games like this. Do I trust his team in this spot? And that's a better question. Well, I think his team outperformed him last year, right? Like, if I'm not mistaken, the team Minnesota – uh, experienced more success than the Kirk so Cousins far, led Washington there's a lot. last year, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, so, the team around him was garbage in right. Washington. I actually think that the Vikings are going to win the game. I don't know why. I just got a gut I that like says that the Vikings call. are going to win the game. And I'm <laughs> so usually an, I'm not anti-Kirk Cousins, but I'm not as – I haven't drank the, the Cousins Kool-Aid. It is a pick em game. Um, so you just have – all you have to do is pick the winner. Yeah, I'm um, going to take the Vikings. Because it's a home game. I think the Vikings defense – and it's Everson Griffin's back who's had his mental issues. Yep. And I don't know – they haven't announced if he's going to play much or at all. Uh, but he's back, and he is an impact player on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. And their defense, I think, has been the bigger disappointment than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, like it's been their defense, which was so dominant was last nasty. year, which helped Case Keenum be so you know effective. But I looked year. up the numbers; it's still like a top ten defense, isn't it? Like, yeah, but it's just not as, as dominant. As, yeah. Like last year, they were a top one or two defense right. in the league, and that's a big difference uh, when you consider them. So Kirk Cousins is four and twenty in games versus teams with winning records, which is a deceptive stat. No, no, stat. No, 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 it no, is a deceptive no, stat no, because his team, no rationalizing, has been awful. The teams around him haven't been very good. No rationalizing. For I'm going to say. I don't know. Are we doing this game in our picks later? If we're not, I'm telling you, I'm picking the Vikings. Do they spot. do they have their new stadium? The Vikings yeah. are they in? They're indoor now. Yeah. All right. So then we're going. And it's it's a really good home. We're going with the Saints then. I'm the fading, question Danny. for the Saints, which maybe this is one of the reasons they traded for Eli Apple because they needed help in the secondary, is can they shut down Adam Thielen? Yeah. This dude, so he was a took a scholarship, a $500 scholarship Fantastic. to Minnesota Mankato. Like some like junior college in Minnesota <laughs> online doesn't get drafted, goes up, makes the squad, and he's setting records with Hall of Famers at the at the clip that he's going. And I think everybody's looking at him every single week saying, Oh, there's no way he can keep it going. I myself have said, Well, what where are they gonna get Stefan Diggs and more involved? <laughs> and he's still benefiting from it and still just tearing him apart. What is it about like, I like Kirk Cousins. He must love Kirk Cousins. Must, yeah, really. What is it about him? Like what I mean, is he 
I mean, he's not so, the speed guy. That no. that would be Stefan Diggs, right? Yeah. Like, it, is it just route running? I think it's running? getting matchups. Like, yeah. I think it's route running. I think he has exceptional hands. And I think he's, you know, we use the deceptive speed all the time to kind of talk about white receivers. Right, right. I think it probably is one of those ones where a lot of guys look at him like, ah, there's no way this guy can beat Right. Me. And then there he goes. Yeah. And he gets him. And I think there are ways. You don't have to be, you don't have to run a 4-3 to be fast. Mm-hmm. I think what he does a lot of times, you can set guys up. And whether it's running your routes very crisp and precise so your quarterback can trust you or running at different gears, which I think the best receivers do. At your pace. Yeah, absolutely. Like you show them and they might think, oh, that was his top tier speed. And then all of a sudden, bam, you can run by by him and you kind of lull him to sleep. Maybe that's one of the things that he's doing, uh, when he's out there. So we'll see. You go, are we picking this game? I'll take the, I'm going to tell you, if you take this, uh, the, oh, you're going to fade take me, of course, of course. Yeah, we are picking that game later. So we'll be able to dive more into that. Uh, college football. We got to get to it. Our boy, uh, Barton Simmons. Florida, Georgia, big game. We're going to find out who we think is going to win that one. Coming up next, off the bench. Drop in, gear up, and compete for glory in PUBG Mobile. PUBG Mobile is the official mobile version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, offering intuitive and heavily customizable controls. One of the very best mobile games available. It's also free to play. Test your grit as you fight in explosive 100-man battles to be the last player standing. Scavenge weapons, vehicles, and supplies inside a relentless, shrieking battle zone. Experience incredible, realistic graphics as you try to stay alive through a variety of urban and rural environments. Mix it up with different play modes that include teaming up with up to three other players in squad matches. Play war mode, mini zone, and quick matches for fast-paced arcade-style play. Take on different challenges to earn coins you can use to buy stuff like badass threads. Defeat every player. Stay in the zone. And before you know it, you'll be shouting your victory cry, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's pulse pounding. It's fast paced. It's winner take all. Download the official mobile version of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for free. Go to your Android or iOS app store and type PUBG Mobile, P-U-P-G Mobile. Collect a special reward using the link and promo code provided in the episode description. Play now. PUBG is awesome. I downloaded it to my phone even just to keep me off Twitter for a little while, keep me out of trouble. I like it because the 100-person battle royale actually reminds me of the possibility of an extended eight-team college football playoff. That's what we need. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my battle royale into a playoff of sorts with the college football's top teams. Now, obviously, Bama is the team that everybody's trying to knock off. And we don't have 100 teams. We may not even have 10 teams that can beat Bama, but I do think they are actually beatable. Let's get down to the list of who could possibly knock Alabama off their perch in a battle royale. Let's start with the biggest contender to knock off Bama from their perch. I think it's the Clemson Tigers. I think we have slept on them all season long. All they've been doing is getting right on the offensive side of the ball with Trevor Lawrence getting more comfortable. And I think we forgot they have three first-round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. So I actually like Clemson in a matchup head-to-head with Bama. You know who else has a chance? Notre Dame, they've been the most impressive, surprising story this season since they made the switch at quarterback from Brandon Wimbush to Ian Book. They're a team that would I would love to see. So they got smoked in their last battle royale in a national championship game against Alabama. I actually think they'd have a much better shot. They're deeper and bigger on the defensive side of the ball than they were that time. They would love a chance at revenge. But... All this conversation about how it could play out at the end of the year, Bama better be careful in Baton Rouge against LSU. LSU has the talent on the defensive side of the ball, but can they get it done on offense with Joe Burrow, who's been exceptional in clutch situations, coming up with big play after big play? Can he do it at home? Can they repeat the magic they found against Georgia? That is going to be an unbelievable battle royale 
in college football. All right, so you got Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU. Sure, there are some other teams that get in that mix, but most likely it's going to be everybody trying to knock Bama from their perch. And let's be real, Bama, they're probably going to win the Battle Royale. Um, But first, I do need to to get our producer a little bit of tr- uh, trouble because our boy Coca. Like I, so, I, so I've been documenting my day on Instagram. Yep. But last night I said, hey, who wants to follow me along and put up a little poll? Like yes or no? It's yeah. Simple. What'd you get? You voted no. You voted no. Yeah, that was how many other up. people? There voted were a lot no. of people that voted no, actually. But yeses did win. Did they? You got to stick. You got to. All right, there we go. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I think people want to see Raza. They want to see more of you. Really open up that Instagram. Yeah. Don't be, don't be so secretive. Just open it up for whoever wants to follow you. Let people uh, get a peek behind the scenes. No, that's what I'm trying to do today. Um, so college football game of the week by far is in Jacksonville at the uh, Florida yeah. Georgia game or Georgia Florida game. I don't, I don't know which way is the proper way. I think it's Florida Georgia. Well, that's because we live in Florida. Correct. You, you tell Georgia fans that, and they do not love it. Uh, so we'll see. Well, whatever you want to call it, you call it's like it. Like off the bench with Bell and Cannell. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> However you want to call it depends on your viewpoint where you're looking at it. Uh, I love this game. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out a lot more about both of these teams, which have been surprises for different uh, different reasons. I think Florida is on the upside surprise. Yeah. Like they beat LSU at home. All of a sudden, they're a contender in the SEC East, which I think we all thought. Maybe give Dan Mullen a year before he finally gets, you know, his guys in place. They've been having a, a better season, especially after they lost to Kentucky early. It was like, uh oh, here we go again. They've bounced back really nicely. Felipe Franks, uh, 15 touchdown passes is, uh, 23rd in, the, in college football, fourth in the SEC. Yep. It's also six more than he had last year and the most by a Florida QB since Tebow's 21 wow. in 2009. So uh, that's why they brought in Dan Mullen was to be a QB whisperer. Right. So we've got them sort of an upside surprise. And then Georgia, I'm not going to say they're a downside, you know, story yet because losing to LSU is no shame at this point because LSU looks really good in Baton Rouge. That's a tough one. Although the game unfolded a little bit lopsided. Like I didn't, I thought there was a chance LSU could win. I didn't think they would dominate as much as they did. So for Georgia, it's gut check time. Like, all right, let's see if you guys are the team that everybody picked to win the SEC East and go back to the SEC championship game and go toe to toe with Bama. And I was a little bit skeptical of Georgia repeating this year and having the same success they had last sure. year. And I'm still in that boat. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who the more motivated team is in this, right? Florida to keep it rolling and prove that they deserve to be there or Georgia to bounce back off of, off of a tough, a tough L. Georgia for me, like Jake Fromm, like as a freshman did some really good things. He doesn't look to be making the type of strides that you would necessarily expect, but I think you know, if I'm being honest, some of that's got to do with that running game, right? You lost yeah. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, um, and you've got what Evander Holyfield's son Elijah in there. Holyfield. Um, and it's just not the same running game. It's not taking anything away from those guys, but they're not running it. They relied heavily, and and rightfully so when you've got a freshman in there last year. You know, they were they were a running team, and I don't think they're getting the same production. It puts more on Jake Fromm's shoulders. Not, I don't know that he's necessarily ready for that. So for that reason. You know, I think Florida is going to have the advantage because they're going to need to throw the ball. Florida is one of the better defensive teams uh, in the country, and so I think, you know, I think Florida's got the advantage in this one. I I'm with you on Prom. Like I liked him a ton of what I saw last year. Last year in the Rose Bowl, he was super impressive against uh, Oklahoma when he put up monster numbers, had a really big game. But I keep waiting for him to kind of take that next step, and I feel like he's falling a little bit into that game manager mode. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been bad, right? Which hasn't is been... which is good, right. but in games. 
and on the road, on the road in Baton Rouge, you get exposed a little bit if you and, can't run the football. And you can, ma- right, you can manage a game when you can dominate the run game right. as, as a quarterback. But when you can't dominate the run game, then, then it falls on a quarterback to be a little more special. And I think it'll be really interesting because he was the guy I thought would hold off the five star waiting in the wings in right. Justin Fields. And once, if you lose, like all of a sudden coaches are going to be much more willing to make aggressive changes. Yeah. And I think that could be a situation where maybe you see a little bit more of Justin Fields in that game. So I, this, this is going to be a, a fun game to watch. And I think it'll definitely tell you the story of the East. You know what's crazy is that Kentucky, with the win over Florida, is actually in the top of the standings in the SEC East. So what that, like they're a team that's still in there. I don't think anybody really. No, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, because you talk about one dimensional. They're Benny Snell, uh, Snell and then that's about it. They've even been talking about making quarterback changes themselves. I mean, the SEC is going to play out where it's going to be Bama from the West. I don't think mm-hmm. that's any surprise. I mean, I'm trying to say maybe matter. LSU has a chance. Yeah. But even if they lose to LSU, I think they'll probably still go on and win the West. Like, I don't trust LSU in that spot to finish out the season. And they're most likely going to represent the West. And the East got a lot more interesting. In the game itself, I think Georgia will probably win. Although I think Florida covers. Mm-hmm. It's around a touchdown favorite. I think I think they'll keep it close enough. I think it'll be a physical game. Bigger picture, when you look at the college football playoff discussion, so I put out a tweet every Monday or Tuesday, kind of, all right, let's look at who has a chance still to win, to, to make the playoff. Right. I had 15 teams still alive uh, after right. eight weeks of college football this season. That's statistically speaking. Like, because Kentucky, like Kentucky I have listed as still in the hunt. Right. Because they're a one-loss team and they play in the SEC. If they run the table, win the SEC, they're in. Right. So I still look at them as a chance to have it. Um, Iowa is a team that I actually have in there that's a one-loss team that I think has an abs- a chance sure. to get to the playoff. With the way that they played this season and the fact that they play in the Big Ten – I think if they could run the table and be there and win it, I think they would be in the playoff. Right. Like if they, if they, if they finish out and then win the Big Ten Championship, they beat like Michigan or if it's Ohio State. And they are a team that the, like the, the, uh, their division, uh, the Big Ten West has been dominated by Wisconsin and Wisconsin has got a lot of love. And ironically, that's the team they lost to this season, but Wisconsin has fallen apart somewhat, um, being a little bit more vulnerable to getting upset. I was a team that just a few years ago was knocking on the door of the playoff. And if they came up about a half yard short against Michigan State, they would have been an undefeated team that I would have put in the playoff without question. They have a problem with perception, which I hate that that matters, but it matters in college football, and I cannot stand that. Nathan Stanley, their quarterback, is really strong, 16 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Kirk Ferentz is an outstanding coach, and they're going to get a huge test this weekend, an opportunity against Penn State, who I don't think has a chance anymore at the playoff. No, they're out. Being a two-loss team to keep their playoff hopes alive. Two road tests the next couple weeks at Penn State, at Purdue. We'll find out a lot more about Iowa. If you ask me, will they still be standing after those two weeks? I would say no. Yeah. But to them, if they don't, they're currently ranked 18th. They would make monster strides in that poll if they get there. The other team that I have in there, another team I don't think is getting a ton of love and should be, is Washington State. Wazoo? Wazoo had the big game last week. Uh, beat Oregon at home, dominated them, had that huge first half lead, then go on to win it in the second half, let, you know, let Oregon back in the game. Uh-huh. But Gardner Minshew has been incredible this season for them, which is what you would expect out of a Washington State team. Mike Leach with the air raid offense, you know they're going to throw it all over the yard. He's had an outstanding year, leads the country in uh, attempts, completions, and pass yardage. But the story for me for Washington State is their defense, yeah. which is actually one of the better defenses statistically in the Pac-12. I think that was on display in the first half when they put up the bagel, shutting out Oregon completely in that uh, first half. 
I think that's what could separate them. The bigger problem for Washington State, for me, is their schedule. The playoff committee harps about strength of schedule all the time. I don't know if there's room, wiggle room for a one-loss Washington State team because their non-conference schedule, they beat Wyoming, San Jose State, and Eastern Washington. Yeah. They don't have any other Power 5 teams on there. Even though they play a non-conference schedule in the Pac-12, it's just not strong enough. Their loss is fine. Like losing to UC, uh, USC, is, there's no shame in that. They, you know, if, if USC was able to win the South, they might be able to beat them in a rematch. Right. But their non-conference is so weak. Yeah. I don't think they would get the benefit of the doubt unless it was an obvious situation where you had a two loss Big 12 champ, you know, a two loss Big Yeah, some other, champ, it's not in your, yes. Disaster right. that would happen. You don't control your own destiny in, yeah. in that scenario. So we've teased a lot of our picks this week. Right. Let's do them let's right do now. Let's, do let's move the line. All right, let's start it off. Man, why do we have to throw up these garbage standings up there? Because these are messed up. Can I just say something? Raj, you're killing it. 15 and 1. 15 and 11. That's it's really 15 and 1 would be a lot better. But. No, but 15 and 11 <laughs> is actually really impressive when you're picking against the spread. Mine is garbage no matter what the situation is. <laughs> 9 and 17. I will say this. Uh, Twitter every Saturday, I tweet out picks where I do a little bit more prep. And you know what else I do? I select the games that I like where I find an edge as opposed to this segment, Moving the Line, where we have to pick the hardest games, which they're the hardest games to pick because they're the most compelling. They are. They're the toughest games to pick. Yeah. Except so it's our producer's fault. One of us is. So sometimes it's just it. better blind luck. Just uh, right. Throw it out there is what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Let's start it off. Packers at Rams. We talked, we broke it down earlier. Aaron Rodgers, biggest underdog spread of his career. Nine and a half on the road against LA. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, but I think I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I, I talked about Aaron Rodgers not being as mobile, being able to get out of, out of harm's way. They're going to get after him a little bit. So I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I think it's going to be a 10 point game. Man, this is a tough one. I hate freaking gambling sometimes because it puts you in a bind like this. I'm going to say that I, <laughs> I really, I am so flustered in my stupid picks because of my nine and 17 record. I'm gonna say He's pressing now. We're pressing. Gosh, I think uh, I love it. Probably right, but I don't want to go the same side. Yeah, as now me. you need wins, so now I you got you're almost forced to take. I'm the gonna say that Aaron Rodgers convince yourself feels disrespected. Convince yourself. I'm gonna think he gets the whole locker room to buy into that. We yeah. don't, you know, they're we're not getting the credit we deserve. Yeah. I'm going to say they cover. I don't think they win. I think the Rams are really good. We did see their defense give up 31 to Kirk Cousins. And if Kirk Cousins is garbage, as everybody says he is, then we should expect Aaron (laughs) Rodgers to be able to do the same thing. So I'm going to say they keep it around the touchdown. You just did like – that was (laughs) – That was Jedi mind. Yes, you mind tricked yourself. (laughs) All right, speaking of Kirk Cousins, Saints at Vikings – to pick them. You get to choose your winner. Yeah. I'm rolling with my man Kirk Cousins. There's no doubt about that. I think the more interesting thing, and I'm going to see if there's a prop bet on it, is does Adam Thielen get the, the another 100-yard game? Because that's something people would have to take. Would you take that? Okay. Yes or no? Uh I would probably fade it, which I don't know if that's smart money because I think everybody would say, oh, there's no way he's going to get another 100-yard game, and then he'll go out and do it. Like right. today's NFL, it's just you're seeing more of these numbers put up uh, all the time. So I'm going to go with the Vikings there at home. Okay, I'll take the Saints. Um I think Mark Ingram and um, and Alvin Kamara are going to have a good day against that defense. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, and then we already know what Drew Brees does, so I'll take the Saints. You're just fading me. See, that's what I don't <laughs> like about this one. I don't even think you're doing as much research as I am because I'm grinding out here all night long, like trying to find tips and edges on these things. Um, Where's the public money going? Trying, and you're just fading me. I'm the idiot. All right, Redskins at Giants. Another pick. You go first. I'm taking I'm, the Redskins. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. I like this one. Yeah. Giants are going to get back on track. This one oh. at home. Yes. Playing at home, getting all that heat this past week. They were, they're getting closer. Okay. They are. I know it wasn't the prettiest game. If they would have gotten the two point conversion with Odell Beckham when he dropped it, if they would have got that one, who knows what could have happened in that game. I think they're getting things figured out on the defensive side of the ball, even though they're shipping off. Like I think Eli Apple was a guy that was holding this team back. Yeah. Moving on from him. Snacks, pretty good producer. Looks like they're cleaning house <laughs> on that one. But I think you'll have some young, fresh legs. Right. That are going to get it done. Okay. I'm not sold on Alex Smith and the Redskins they, just yet. I'm not sold on Alex Smith. No. Are you? Not enough body of work for See, Alex yeah, this Smith. This is one thing I'm kind of torn because I don't want him to have as good a year as Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a little... completely different type of quarterback, style of quarterback. Yeah, totally. Spot. Uh, the Florida Georgia game. Yeah. I don't even know what we're calling it next year because it's politically correct. You can't call it what they used to call it. You're not allowed to call it that? No, there's a new name for it. Really? What? Yeah. All right. Something like the greatest celebration of college football game. I don't know. Not the cocktail party anymore? No, not, you're not allowed to say that. What do you mean I'm not allowed to say? I can't no. say cocktail party on the air? Not in reference to that game. We could have a cocktail party tomorrow night, like after the game. Correct, but. Not in that game. But I can't reference the game as that. But I can say cocktail party. Yeah. Are you All right. having one this weekend? Cocktail party. All right. Yeah. What were you thinking <laughs> in that game? So I, I find different focus <laughs> bleeping out our cocktail party in Florida. References. I'm taking Florida. Um, I actually like Florida to win the game. Oh man, I was going to go with that. Um, go but ahead, do it. But definitely to to cover. I mean, to cover the number, right? Georgia six and a half. I'll take Florida in that spot. All right, I'm going to go the same way with you, which yeah. is not good for you. <laughs> but I actually think Florida does have a chance to win this game too. Yeah. Uh, but. Like, this is one where coming into the season, we thought Georgia was in another level in the SEC East. Like, it's them, hands down. I think Florida has gotten there faster than we thought they could, and I'm impressed by that. But I, I, I'm going to pick Florida with the six and a half, too. I thought it was seven, which is kind of messed up. Skins are our producers. If they knew we were going to pick Florida, they'd give us a little better line. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to say Florida covers in this one, too, because it's a, it's a rivalry game. I think they're typically uh, closer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Florida won, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Georgia just stomped them. Really, like, a like, cause great Georgia, like Florida, when they went to Vanderbilt and they were down twenty-one nothing, I'm like, what, what Florida team is this? Yeah, that is understandable. They were overlooking an opponent uh, in that situation. Last one, we got to do it. Clemson on the road in Tallahassee, seventeen points. That's a huge number. It's a big number, but your boys playing quarterback. I mean, you got your guy right, Trevor Lawrence is in there. Yep, it's a big number. They stomped on NC State playing at home this past. I'm going to take Florida kick. State. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna take your Seminoles. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I would, because I, I usually hate anything Florida State, but I'm gonna take it. Uh, I'm gonna say it's a very low scoring game. Obviously, the numbers set very low at 49 and a half. I kind of like the under in that one. I don't want to do it because I'm gonna take some heat from my Florida State people. <laughs> I think Clemson's gonna come. Uh, no. Oh, I do. all right, there you I, go. I'm worried about DeAndre Francois' health. Yep. Because that offensive line, they didn't ship anybody else in there. They That's can't go true. sign free agents, and Clemson's defense is pretty nasty. Uh, David Sampson, he's coming up next. We're going to uh, preview World Series Game 3. All right, welcome back. Off the bench, Rajah Bell, Danny Cannell, our boy David Sampson joining us today. Break down a little World Series Game 3. Before we move forward to Game 3, I'm a little bit bothered by what I heard out of the Dodgers, and I'm curious to know if you did. Complaining about the weather, like using that as an excuse after the first two games, I think that's a really bad look. 
I think it's a bad look that they all wear their face masks and yes. act all cold. Right. Football players don't exactly look different. You right. play when it's cold. I, I, you know, Puig is one of those guys you're used to playing. What, what are you looking at, Raja? No, you can't, you can't no, I'm listening. Like I'm listening. No, you're really? judging. I'm, no, he is judging. And judging. I can do both. You're a judge. Simultaneously, I'm judging. I would My white wig you. is on, sirs. <laughs> why, why can't they be cold? Because, no, you can no, be you cold. No, you can be cold. Show it. You can't complain about being cold. Imagine, like, if you were in the NFL, I would peg you as a guy, even though you grew up in South Florida, I would peg you as a guy who would go out there with no sleeve saying, I'm not showing anybody I'm cold. Well, don't you think you would be that guy? You would have me pegged wrong, sir. I would be out there. <laughs> Everything I would be in my thermals, my gloves, my head warmer, and the little hand pouch that they put in front. It's cold. Did you see Chris Sale in game one? No he sleeves. Was there, no sleeves. Yep. Yeah, you That's be a man. Message. So you guys buy into that. You are the guy who came on and said a couple of days ago that you don't go out there and do your job. You don't buy into like locker rooms affecting people. So you think showing toughness with no sleeves yes. has an impact on, on the, the game and the psyche of the other team? Not at all. I'm talking about the fact I don't want to hear players complain about what I, 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 that's, that's, that's my that's only not a point reason here. for the loss. Right, like that. Don't do that. Well, they were. But, were they saying they lost because it was? No, cold? they were just complaining about it. And just they general like, complaining. Yeah, you don't want to hear it because what, what happens? I don't want to hear it. What I, happens? I, and this is. I'm, a, I'm all right. With what this. happens? And this is a. No, I'm, I complain every morning. I come in. I'm <laughs> complaining. <laughs> He's <laughs> a complainer. Yeah, we figured that out. What? Those here is my point. What happens if? Yeah. And this is a monster if. And I can ask you this to follow up. If you go back to Boston. Then Boston knows it's in your head, and what are you gonna like? You're still gonna be not like it's gonna be a warm front coming. I don't think it matters. <laughs> right. All right. So that's so. So let's look at it. Let's break it down tonight. Bueller versus Porcello. Uh, who holds the advantage in this one? Because I think this is actually is a game that the Dodgers could get. I think Bueller's a better pitcher. I think we've all established that he's a rookie. His stuff is electric. But being a rookie in the postseason, unless your name is, you know, uh, Dontrell Willis, it's hard to do. Your Adam Wainwright was unbelievable as a rookie for the Cardinals, and he struggled. But if he's got command of his pitches, forget the fact that he's home in, in L.A. It doesn't matter. Red Sox just have the momentum. But they've got, they get to play their right lineup in LA finally. Finally. Well, that, what is going on? That was my question. Is that, is that going to have the type of impact that people think it's going to have? To get in Bellinger in and baseball, it's best to play every day. You get into a rhythm and you want constant at bats. And for whatever reason, they platoon in LA completely because it's by the book. And the problem is the book needs to be shredded right now because you're down 2-0. The odds are completely against you. Basically, you can't come back from 2-0. It, you know, in a blue moon. It happened in 1996 with the Braves winning the first two over the Yankees. But it's just hard to do. This series is over. It's just a matter of, of how quickly it's over. Uh, 16 of the past seven teams who have a 2 nothing lead in the World Series have won. I do think Dave Roberts deserves some criticism for the lack of ability to adjust. Like, Because I, I, I have no problem with analytics using them. But I also think you should use them. In addition to feel, in addition to recognizing, oh wow, well game one, we didn't really get as much production as we thought. And I am totally with you. I think the biggest negative isn't necessarily the lack of production you got out of the guys in those first two games. It's now expecting them to go out there after sitting on the bench and watching for the last two games to just go out there and say, all right, Bellinger, you go save us now. Like now you're going to be hot. He hasn't been seeing live pitching. He hasn't seen live pitching for we, a while. We talked about it on the queue yesterday and the day before. It is. Dave Roberts does not deserve the blame because he's doing exactly what he's told by the front office. Right. He's literally a puppet there, as are many managers these days. And my issue is more with the lack of ability to adjust analytically because the definition of analytics is there is no adjustment. 
You've got the numbers. You do it the same way every time because the numbers say it. And I'm an old school guy where I use analytics as an arrow in my quiver. Yep. But I ha- I'm watching a game. And I'm watching Kiki Hernandez not able to hit. I'm sitting him no matter what the book says. I'm watching him getting basically schooled every single at bat. You know how I like to compare it to? So when I go to Vegas, yep. you know those little, well, I like to play blackjack. You know those little cheat cards that tell you it's basically analytics. Mm-hmm. It's telling you your best statistical chance to win. Love them. Tend to give great advice. If I don't know what to do, if I'm unsure, I'll go with the analytics. But you know what else I like to do? If I'm on a run and all of a sudden the cards are going in my favor, I'm putting that aside and saying keep them coming. Like I'm going right. to go with the feel there and start, you know, and go off the script a little bit. Do you know why the Bellagio is so nice <laughs> because in Vegas? People because like people are exactly the like you. <laughs> it is totally different. The odds in blackjack, you you absolutely have to do, go by the book because no, that's mathematical odds. So now you're going against your word. No, there's no human <laughs> element in blackjack. There absolutely is. When I'm hot and that dealer's getting cold, <laughs> I am going with the hot hand. How's that worked out for you? Like over the- <laughs> Long home, yeah. maybe I've lost a little They're redoing the sweet level at the Bellagio. Slightly more money. Um, to what, like, is, what does it boil down to? I mean, the, uh, the Red Sox, I mean, I think sometimes we forget they were a 108 win team in the regular season. Is that what it boils down to as well? Like, this is just a much better team? They're a better team. They're a better team top to bottom. They're a better team. Their bullpen's better right now. Their rotation is better right now. And their lineup is better than any lineup in baseball. They're deep one to nine. They know how to make contact. They have an approach. I give their, their coaching staff credit. I give the players credit for having inside out swings. Just look at JD Martinez's two runs single yeah. uh in game two he he went inside out on the ball people are saying oh he missed it no that's what you do you flip it out there when you can when you've got bases loaded and you can't pull a home run i love what they do they're the best team in baseball and they've been since march i hope it goes six or seven i hope it gets back to boston I think they'd be better for major league baseball because if it doesn't this is going to really end with a whimper and then you know they'd lose any kind of momentum they had which looked like a good series so we'll see uh, we'll see if it gets the i wanted seven games yeah i, I thought it was the <laughs> best America. Bet in the in the casino was this series ending at Fenway. A lot of casino restaurants. Again, that's why they're making so much money. <laughs> All right, we got to finish it off. Thank you, David, for joining us. All right, back with some leftovers. There's a Jimmy Butler rumor again. Mm. Uh, who uh, potential four first shooter. rounders? <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, that's what it takes. That's next off the bench. <laughs> All right, let's finish it up. Some leftovers. Love that graphic. You know, I wash this cup every day. I hope you do because like, nobody else. But I like <laughs> I have to use it because I can't use my regular cup. Yeah, and then it just adds to my day. I figured since I was complaining, I'd go ahead and complain How on air because it, it's just one more thing that I have to do. Do you use hot I water? Leave. No, dude. Soap? Hot water, palm olive. They got the green oh, stuff. They do have all that. In our Spon- like I wash it, wash it, but like. Like, I don't want to. Thank goodness, because I know at here. one time there was like a lot of trust in our staff to wash it for you. I would have none of that. Like, there's who? No, I've never. No, dude, this all is right. all me. <laughs> all right, that's a good safe play because there are a lot of germs going around, a lot of colds. This, uh, this bro, I talk about it. Yeah. Um, finished off leftovers. Houston Rockets. Yep. Are the team that has been <laughs> renewed interest in Jimmy Butler? Woj has reported four first round picks. Four of them. Four first round Jimmy picks Butler. for Jimmy Butler, who wants out desperately. Like you're talking about, and he wants out desperately. Correct. Like Timberwolves are like, well, hold on a second, you can yeah. go easily. That's the type of like, why wouldn't you take that if you're the T Wolves? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a done deal. I actually got to give credit to credit to the T Wolves at this point. Like you've withstood the storm, and you don't look as desperate as you looked before. I thought it was a wrap. I thought there was they weren't going to be able to get anything for him. Um, they had mishandled the situation, but now you four first rounds. First of all. I mean, who was that? Woj? Yep. Woj's stuff is usually yeah, correct. Like, usually that's a, on. that's a haul for Jimmy Butler, who's, 
Like he's got an option next year. He can opt into $19 million, um, which is a lot of bread. But then you got guys like Andrew Wiggins out there making 25, 26, 27 million dollars. So you have to figure four first rounders get you for, gets him for like this year. And now you got to try to re-up with him. I just, that's a lot for Jimmy Butler. So their offer, it actually constitutes the maximum number of first round picks allowable in a deal, factoring league rules that necessitate no first rounders can be conveyed in successive years and no pick can be traded further out than seven seasons. So they're going all in on this one. I think you got to give credit to Daryl Morey because I think the way he's approaching this is, look, we have to make a run at the Warriors. It's always been about the Warriors, which I think should be your approach. Yeah, in the NBA, sure. you're trying to knock up the Warriors. And with your roster now, you're close, but you probably need one more piece to go toe-to-toe with the super team. So I think what he's basically admitting to, if this deal went through, is I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice some long-term, you know, success for immediate opportunity to go beat this Warriors. I'm, and I'm okay with that because your window of opportunity is now when you're talking about Chris Paul, like James Harden might have a little lengthier window. Um, and so might Jimmy Butler, but Chris Paul, the, the tread is, running yes. thin, right? And he's in oft injured already. Jimmy does solve some problems and I know like people are like yeah, no stuff. He's Jimmy Butler. But you know, where they've taken a step back this year is clearly on the defensive end after losing Trevor Ariza and, and Luke Mbamute. And Jimmy not only a really good offensive player, but he's one of the better two way players in the game. And so he really addresses some of that some of that defensive need that you have out there on the perimeter and on the wing. So it, it's a good it would be a good fit for them. And I do agree with you that when you're trying to Win as as a Houston franchise, it is now. Um, I just, yeah, some part of me feels like you don't have to give that much up, though. Right, get him right. Like, right. I, that's I, what I'm surprised at too. Like right. you didn't like. Have you offered anything else? <laughs> Did you offer three? Did you try <laughs> two? Like right. I, you know what I mean? Like, right. But I mean, that's what sometimes what it gets it done where you have to make a, a deal that's too good to turn down. Yeah, you know. So I, I, I we'll see if it happens. I think it'd be good because I think it would be good to see a, a better contender to go toe to toe with the Warriors. Uh, let's move on to some golf. Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson. Phil was actually doing some of the NBA stuff on TNT. Stop. I think he was uh, as one of their guys last night. Nope. Turner Sports on Thursday. Uh, you know where I don't want to see Phil? Because he was promoting that? On my NBA broadcast. Why not? I don't want Phil on my NBA broadcast. Why not? Nope. See, I think it's good to see other voices like chiming in, having fun with the guys. It's not like he's hardcore breaking them down. I, I, like, like, I, fans opportunities to give out, talk uh, other sports. He doesn't and scream. He's a huge sports fan. Uh, he is. He, well, he's a big gambler on sports. Yeah, well, he's I mean, been well documented, uh, over the years. So they, Turner Sports actually, they did announce the retail price for the Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson showdown. It's going to be a pay-per-view event. On Black Friday, the Thanksgiving, uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, 1999, will you buy it? Um, see, in a vacuum, yes. Like, that's priced right for me to watch that. But I don't know, like, you, what else is on that day? There is a lot of college football. Yeah. But that's about it. Like, any good college football games? Yes, there will be some good games. Traditional rivalry games. Yeah, I don't care about the traditional rivalries. I want, like, good games. Like, top 25 matchups. If they're those, then I probably won't watch Tiger Phil. But, in the absence of like two top twenty-five teams going at it, you got UCF South Florida top twenty-five teams, what? American Conference. They're playing. You have Oregon Oregon State playing nope. the same day. Now the time we don't know. Actually, Oregon Oregon State is a four o'clock game. Uh, Coastal Carolina at South I'll watch Alabama. Phil and Tiger. Not exactly one there. Uh, I'll watch Phil and Tiger. Twenty bucks. I'm in. I don't That's know. priced just right for me. All right. So you and I are. Well, you would pay twenty bucks. What wouldn't you pay twenty bucks for? I actually don't know if it comes in on my cable platform, which is going to be a it's problem. A I'll be another, at your house. A whole I'll thing. come over to your house to watch it. <laughs> I don't know if the average sports fan is going to pony up 20 bucks. That's, I think, what's the bigger problem for Turner Sports. Because I think 
you know, you and I are in this business. We'll want to see it. So right. we'll talk about it. I don't know if the average fan I, is that dialed into golf. And even Tiger Woods, as, as much of a he moves the dial, I don't know if it's going to get it done. Yeah, I didn't mean to, I, I'm watching. All right. Well, we'll see. The winner takes home $9 million. All of it. It's Friday, bro. I'm out. <laughs>